It's really weird to start this without the music. Like I have to, I have to be up. All right. Hello and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. This episode of the Vergecast is brought to you. Wait for it by Scissor Vodka. There's that joke again. <laughs> it's never gonna die. Scissor Vodka, a vodka brand that I made up. Someone just pay me for it, and then these ads will be real. Scissor Vodka. Cut through the night. Cut through the night. You know, I, I instinctively may, I still make scissor motions with my fingers when I do that. Even though there's no camera to There's record. no camera. I'm going to do it. I also Look. noticed that you have no camera to look into, so you just stare me in the eye as you deliver your scissor vodka. Dan, here's what I want to know. You went to this Lenovo event. You saw this Motorola phone or Moto phone with that headphone jack, and I don't have a video of you angrily spiking it into the ground because it's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Motorola. And it's not, not Motorola anymore, right? It's, All it's right. Lenovo. Hi, I'm Neil yes. Apatel. I'm the editor of The Verge. This is a podcast from TheVerge.com that we talk about technology, culture, dumb product decisions. Dieter Bone is here in studio. Hello. Back from Silicon Valley. Yeah, I'm going back to Silicon Valley. Silly, soon silly Silicon yeah. Valley. Dan Seifert is here. I'm here in person. What's up? Uh, Paul's going to be on the show for a little bit later on. Lauren Grush is going to be on the show for a little space adventure. That'll be f- We're going to shoot her into space <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> That's going to be great. But a bunch of news. Tons. Tons of news. Newsy week, newsy year, and next week even more news. You might almost say we're in the news business. We're, yes. Uh, yes, I might. <laughs> Let's make a hard choice here. Do, we, do you want to start with Alphabet and Nest? Do you want to start with Apple and the App Store and WC coming next week? Dan did a bunch of Moto Phone stuff with Nick Stat. did a bunch of no, Moto Phone mm-hmm. stuff this E3 week. E3 is next week. E3 is next week. <laughs> Just, I mean, just the code conference was last week. We taught, we had a, I don't remember, we had like a oh, PTSD yeah. code conference podcast, but there's stuff to talk about there still. Like, we didn't even get into all of it last week. The Tribune Media Company renamed itself Trunk. Let's start with Apple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I actually think the Motorola Google stuff is sort of of a piece. And I'll explain why when we get there. But let's, mm-hmm. let's start with Apple. So, WWC is next week. My instincts about WWDC tell me it will pretty much be focused on Apple's platforms. I don't think they're going to do anything except talk to developers about how to build new kinds of apps on their platforms. I, I think all the sort of hardware stuff is going to be pushed out yeah. to back to school time, uh, which sucks because I right. desperately want a new <laughs> MacBook Pro. But that's just my guess. What's really interesting about it is for the first time ever that I can think about, Apple came out ahead of WWDC, Phil Schiller sat down with Lauren Good and said, we're making big changes to how we do pricing in the App Store. They're pushing the entire App Store towards subscriptions. And there's a lot of, even, well, though, even though she spent, it's a great piece and you should read it. He also talked to John Gruber. He talked to Jim Dalrymple. Jim Dalrymple. He yeah. talked to Renee at iMore. He basically said the same thing. Everybody. You can like read it. It's like very interesting that yeah. the Schiller bot like turned on like a <laughs> chat bot and was like, uh, and spit out the same information to everybody. There's a lot of questions here, but the, the basic facts are they are not going to do paid upgrades, which is something that a lot of developers have mm-hmm. asked for in the App Store. They're not doing it. They're not going to do trials, which is something else people really want. To an extent. If, no, you, do at all. The, if you do the subscriptions, there's some well, footnotes in there about if you... You could subscribe, subscribe. and then unsubscribe, and you only end up well, paying probably come on. I think they're in the in the documentation that I read yesterday. Right, so there's all these open questions. But let, right. let's right. get out the yeah. sort of the high points. Tons of them. So no, instead of doing trials and paid upgrades, right. which is sort of the obvious thing people wanted, instead, Apple is saying the future of this is subscription pricing. And, and so right now, a bunch of apps like... I don't know, 
Spotify, whatever. Well, Spotify is like, eh, thanks, but no thanks. Well, right, but like you can subscribe to things in the App Store. Right. Like Apple, mm-hmm. Billy, Hulu. Is right. Like, so I, previously yeah, it was like cloud services and like content. Although there's a little bit of a question with this, but now Apple is saying basically any app, like for example, games can like move to a subscription model. So for us to say uh, they're moving the whole App Store to subscriptions is I don't know, a little bit of putting like words in their mouth because like the old way of buying apps is still going to be there. Yeah. But the need from developers to figure out a real sustainable business model because nobody's downloading apps anymore because the uh, the growth of iPhone sales is slowing. It's still massive, but it's going to it's going to plateau at some point in the near future means that those developers need to figure out some way to continue to make money off of the app store because they can't just lean on the fact that there's X million, 10, 20, 50, hundred million new iPhones to sell to every quarter. I don't think, I think it's, 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 it's more fundamental than that. Well, so what I'm saying is like the need is so high for some kind of model that is better than what they currently get from the app store. Right. That, I think it's a pretty safe bet that we're going to see a lot of people trying out this new subscription model. Yeah. Well, I sat uh, down with Microsoft eight, I mean, it's ages ago now, because they since then Office is on the phone and everything. But ages ago, I sat down with Microsoft and said, why isn't Microsoft Office on the iPhone? And the answer I got was, no one has built a software business in mobile. Like the traditional, you pay a hundred bucks for Microsoft Office and a couple of years later you pay 50 bucks for an upgrade style of business did not happen in mobile. Right. No one will pay those prices yep. at all. Yep. Like just the, the idea of a $29 app on a phone, like or even boggles, on a tablet, like, like boggles, yeah. like tablet apps. <laughs> Come on. So that's a big problem, right? Because the app store was supposed to be the future of the software industry. What actually happened is that this combination of cloud services and office has become a software as a service right subscribe to 365 you get the apps you subscribe to i don't know google apps you get all the apps for free if you're a business i'm trying to think uh photoshop creative yeah yeah that's the one thing those are like those are the the big the big two plus google but those were those were the massive software businesses that sold packaged apps in a box and you'd like load 50 floppy disks or like four cd-roms Anyhow, so Apple's saying, we got to figure out how to build businesses in the App Store. We can't, we don't want to do this old model where we charge upgrade prices because what is the upgrade pricing for a $2 app? Right, right. It doesn't make any sense. So they're going to this model where, and the apps update far more quickly. There's an incentive for developers to constantly be rolling out updates because the distribution's better. So it sounds like their plan is the app. App developers can say, we're going to bill you $2 a year and just roll out updates all year, which evens out the revenue curve, doesn't piss off users because they're getting new stuff. Well, well, we don't know. But theoretically, won't piss off users because you'll just subscribe to an app mm -hmm. like, and you'll just constantly get updates. And there won't be like, TweetBot 2 is out and it costs $12 and screw you or whatever. That all seems like a good idea. We've seen some apps try, especially on the Mac, try to go to subscription and there, there has been like backlash. So yeah. I think it, it, like some some companies are probably going to dip their toes in a little bit and see how it goes, but it seems like th- this is the only way to like get out of the corner that developers are in right now, especially yeah, so like middle class developers. Is the, the example case he that I think of because uh, it just recently happened is and it's a weather app is uh, Dark Sky launched on Android with this exact subscription model. You pay two ninety nine a year, 
and you get the full Dark Sky experience. Mm -hmm. And every year you're paying $2.99 again, and it finances their servers and their you know continued updates or whatever. Now, as far as like the response from people, the biggest backlash was that Android users were pissed that they had to pay a subscription and iOS, iOS users didn't. Yeah. But the reality is that like Dark Sky probably would have launched a subscription on iOS had they been able to by now. Well, yeah. I, my stupid alarm clock app has a subscription in it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm paying $2 a year so for, for different beeps. Sleep Cycle, by the way, is a great app. Mm-hmm. They just conned me. They're like, you can have this sound or a custom sound for $2 a year. And I was like, I love customizing things. And I push the button <laughs> and I use the default sound like a chunk. So, okay. So if anybody wants to send me a sound for my alarm clock, I'm happy to take it. We'll see if it works. So my mind is uh, like... Oh, wait, we forgot uh, the most important thing. Oh, The yeah. most important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're changing the revenue share. Yeah. Yeah. So the App Store launched in 2008. Steve Jobs is like... We're handling all your distribution revolution. We all we request is thirty percent of your price, which was great at the time. Has come to be known as the App Store tax. Yep. Apple now saying if you hold on to a customer for more than a year, we still want the thirty percent of that subscription price in the first year, but every year subsequent we'll cut it in half and only take fifteen percent and right. you keep eighty five. Which is yet another incentive for. This is why I feel totally fine saying Apple wants to push everybody to subscriptions because they're giving a real monetary incentive to developers to like switch to this model. Right. Right. Yeah. And then Google immediately came out and said, well, Let's what do- if we just do it right away? <laughs> so we, only, we only want 15% right away because. Well, I will say that Google hasn't, hasn't officially announced that that was some intrepid reporting from our recode colleagues that yeah. dug up that story. But yeah, it yeah. looks like Google's going to do the same thing, but slightly better. Fucking Mark Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> No. Mark Morgan, I think, is one of the best Google reporters out there, so whatever. So, okay. <laughs> and now they're in the family, so we just ruthlessly link post his reporting on the Verge. Which if, is great for everybody. Which, hey, we could aggregate it. It's all in the family. <laughs> all right. Mark, if you're listening, just know that I'm clocking you. Um, keep doing a great job. <laughs> Or I'll find you. I, I've got to stop threatening Mark Bergman. <laughs> just can't stop threatening him. Someone get me out of this threatening loop. <laughs> Imagine renting your apps instead of buying them. Like that's like the logical endpoint of this mm-hmm. thing. That feels weird, but I guess it should feel fine. I don't know. I mean, we've gotten used uh, to renting our music. We've gotten used to renting all of our content. Yeah, I'm not surprised that we're going to eventually wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if we shift to. Are you going to enjoy apps. like checking your manage my subscription screen twice a month because you're going to be subscribing to things at different points in the month? No, is that, so is that thing, a fun fun idea for you? This will work for most people is if it's a yearly subscription. I can't imagine most people wanting to oh, spend a monthly subscription for average apps, yeah. like well, a few bucks a month. But so, like, but like a the, yearly subscription, you pay it, and then it's like, oh well, I kind of like got a whole year out of that, so I don't mind paying another five bucks. But for like, next depends year. on the price that they pay. Like, it's it's like ninety nine cents per month. Like ninety nine cents is like the magic number that makes you just click buy, right? Yeah, but that's like that works up to like twelve bucks a year, like. That's expensive for an app when you're used well, to paying 99 cents for an app. It is, but it's app, also period. not. Like, you pay or, 60 bucks for an Xbox game. Sure. Right? Well, yeah, I think it'll it'll be monthly for games. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. What I, you know, this thing you said about renting most of our content, usually what you rent is a huge bundle. Right. Yeah. You pay Spotify and it's like all over the world's music. Right. You pay Netflix and it's all over the videos. Right. Here it's just one app. I can't imagine that the next step isn't Apple saying, pay us $24 a month and get access to essentials yeah. or productivity. I mean, yep. Dieter called it uh, apps as cable TV. Yesterday. Yeah, stealing my line, stealing oh. my thunder. I was working up to it. 
Do you want to rewind? It's we're pre-taped now. We can just. Oh, no, we shouldn't right. do that. <laughs> no. So like the basically like especially on like an Apple TV like apps become like channels and you I just I can't do it because you just did the whole thing. No, I don't. I don't. I disagree this, like, about the app channel thing. You you're like renting access to the content of an app basically. But the thing that like mm, I don't we know. We have the whole same cable problem. Of like, I have to pay my cable operator for four channels I want. I get sixty that I don't want. Right. And now it's like the best deal for me to get these apps is in this bundle, but I get like five apps I don't really care about. Yeah, but I, that's it. That's the move. It's absolutely the move. I don't. The Apple TV apps as channels things is different because when you when you subscribe to the CBS but now app, but, you just get CBS. But content. the thing that's the same. You don't get CBS and NBC and with Fox a channel and, that you pay for on mm-hmm. cable. You know that if you stop paying for it, you don't get that channel anymore. And like that makes sense. But typically with an app, if you like decide to stop paying to not get the upgrade, app still works, right? Like the idea that in order to use some of these apps that you need to continually pay for them. And if you stop paying for it, the app suddenly goes away or becomes useless is a weird thing. It's like not the way that you like to think about your phone. Right. And on top of that, if a bunch of your like most important apps all move to subscription, like your, your phone suddenly starts costing more month per month. Yeah. It costs more to mm-hmm. use a phone than it used to. It used mm-hmm. to be, you know, in the aggregate, maybe it was the same because you buy the app and then you don't pay attention. And if you add up all the apps you buy in a year, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like you look at your phone and you've got your phone bill and now you've got your app bill. I think there's I think this bet is entirely about enterprise and professional apps. I think so, too. I but don't I, think I, it's I think about that everybody else is going to if it if it works, it's the only it's the only option they're giving to developers. If a developer wants to offer paid upgrades or if a developer wants to, like, fund the continued, like, bug fixes and changes to the game. There's no other option. Apple is not giving the other things that developers have been asking for. Right, you got only it. giving subscriptions. I'm teeing you up. You received an email that I'd like to hear about. I received an email. I emailed a game developer uh, or their PR and I was like, what, what, what do you think of this? Are you going to do it? And this person uh, from this company, which I can't name, said that's the Verge story. Lauren's Verge story hit the mobile games world like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, because it changes their entire model. Yeah, all that free-to-play stuff is like they're going to try out subscriptions. Instead of like trying to trick you into blah, 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 they're just going to, instead of like, I'm going to spend a dollar for like 10 coins or 10 extra lives, they'll just be like, oh, like here's the basic game, and if you want all this cool stuff, pay us. There are some games that are free to play where like, yeah, I'm not going to like spend a buck to like get 10 extra lives because that seems really like cheap and I don't know, manipulative. Like, oh, this level's too hard. You made it hard on purpose. So I'd have to buy lives. I hate you. <laughs> but if like you get a bunch of little, you know, spliffs for just paying a buck a month. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. What if we rename free to play as pay to cheat? <laughs> what if we do that as a culture, as pay, a society? Pay to win. Pay to, yeah, because you're yeah. like, oh, this is really hard, and you could pull it off if you. For, for me, that would be like pay to beat Dieter's high score. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> there are some games where I'm not like the king of the mountain anymore, so I'll have to go find those games. Yeah, is what you're saying. It's, I started playing Alto's Adventure the other day. Again. Oh well, I am king of the mountain on Alto's Adventure. Uh, um, yeah, just don't look at Dieter's. Oh, although Heim Heim Gartenberg, yeah, uh, intern at theverge.com unbelievable high score in Alto's Adventure. Like, he, he like, kept a run going for, like, two hours, I think. It's just out of bounds. We should find more for Heim to do. Right? <laughs> well, first I'm coming for Heim, then I'm coming for you, and then Mark Bergen. 
you're in my sights. So this is a huge change in the app store. It kind of does set up the question, though, and we should do this a little bit. What the hell are they going to do next week? Right. Because well, if they're if the biggest news about distributing and monetizing software, which is what developers care about, is happening the week before. Mm hmm. And then on top of it, and we've talked about this on this show forever, Apple doesn't really have an AI thing. Well, they have but Siri. Yeah, but so this is the this yeah, is like we should go through the rumors. They have, a, they have a lot of yeah buts, right? Like yeah, they have Siri, but they have. You should just say bunny. Bunny. Yeah, if you can't pronounce rabbit, never mind. I don't know. That, that was a, that was a reach. I know where you're going with you it. Can't say it's a reach. You can't say rabbit. Yeah, but they have a lot of yeah buts. Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody Shout so out much. to my high school girlfriend for coming up with that joke. <laughs> this broadcast took a real turn as uh -huh. soon as you started pre-recording it. So okay, Apple's got a lot so, of a lot of bunnies. VR AR. I haven't seen peep about VR AR at WWDC. Nothing. They have the Apple TV, which is a buggy mess, right? It's a buggy mess. Okay. And I don't think apps on the Apple TV are very discoverable, very nope. useful, nope. very shareable. And you know why? Because the remote sucks. Yeah, I mean, it'd be amazing if the Tim Cook came on stage and held up the Apple TV remote and was like, "This was a mistake." Yeah. Um, <laughs> We didn't learn the lesson about one-to-one -one control on a remote <laughs> on a TV that we should have from the Wii, but we shipped it anyway. Yeah, Apple TV is a huge platform, tvOS. Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably the smallest of all of Apple's platforms. Questioned. Apple nah. Watch, probably. Apple Watch, watchOS. Oh, man. Got to do something there. They got to do so much there. The, the but, default but, but, but opinion on the Apple Watch is they, like, they, they basically made like 10 mistakes. How much, how much of that... And I know the answer is some, but like how much of that can be solved with software versus they just need more powerful hardware in the watch? Like the biggest complaint is that it's slow. No, then the second biggest complaint things. is that like there's, there's too many ways to navigate it, which they could fix. They made a bunch of bad bets, like the contacts button, bad bet. Mm -hmm. The app, the digital whole, crown, the digital bad crown, bet. bad bet. The seven different ways to interact. With seven it. different ways to interact with a bad bet. And there's only so many of those bets that they can walk back, yeah. right? Like, what's probably going to happen is they're going to keep iterating on it. It'll be a little bit faster. We'll wait for new hardware that speeds it up. But they're going to, like, stick with, like, the core metaphors of it. But what they ought to do is they ought to just, like, hardware exists, and we're just going to rethink the whole damn thing. Yeah. But I don't see that in the cards. Maybe not for this W. They need a new watch. Yeah. If and when they do a new watch, they, they might do. Anyway, so yeah. they, they've got two nascent platforms that they have to say something. About. Yeah. So that's out there. Then, obviously, iOS. Something will happen there. Um, and they'll like, add capabilities what? to iOS. What, is, what are they going to add to iOS? And they could open up Siri. There's one. We've yeah, heard that rumor. But that, is that, is I, is like the big question, because everybody else has announced all their AI, IA, intelligence assistant, artificial intelligence bot stuff right so like apple's next and the rumor is that they're gonna open up siri to uh, with an api and i don't know like maybe they'll call it apps because everything in apple ends up being an app or whatever so that's fine but is siri a different is siri a platform in the way that like ios tvos blah 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 are a platform because for google google assistant is a platform mm -hmm. for microsoft they're building up like uh i don't even know if call it a platform but there's like cortana and then there's like this whole like middle layer and then there's the stuff that talks to it mm -hmm. and to me like especially since one of the other rumors of siri is coming to the mac like they need to you, they need to stop thinking of siri as like a piece of ios they need to think of siri as their next like os they're like cloud os or whatever you want to call it it's not an os mm. like the metaphors get fuzzy but they need to decouple siri from ios in order to like make it work on the Mac, basically. Right, so you can log into Siri and say, I want to use this weather service. Yeah. And it's open, and yeah. then you, you don't have to have that app on your Mac or whatever. 
right? The back end knows mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. So that's a huge question there. Mm-hmm. What else are they going to do with iOS? Will they do any VR, AR stuff with iOS? Seems like a no. Seems like a no. Just seems like a no, but it's a question. The whole yeah. rest of the industry is pushing in that direction. OS ten potentially renamed to Mac OS. And yep. what, what, what does that come with? Is it going to be... Siri. They're going to add Siri. I mean, that's the big... <laughs> yeah. They're going to add Siri and maybe new we, we, th- we think they're going to... They're, they're probably going to do some stuff on the Photos app on both iOS and Mac OS. Yeah, but like the, the point that we're waiting for is we're waiting for iOS and Mac OS to like bridge together eh. in ways that they haven't yet. And Why? so are, is it too early for that? Or is that... I don't think they can do that until they make a touchscreen laptop. I don't think they're ever going to make a touchscreen laptop. Yeah, no. I mean, the Android on Chrome OS stuff is so good because it's apps and you can use them sort mm-hmm. of naturally. I think that's going to prove the model much more so than Mac OS gaining some more iOS features. I yeah, used it's a, not, it's I used not a just Pixel like, yeah. 2 yesterday. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, man, why aren't, why aren't Android apps here yet? <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. Hyped for it. And yeah. also, I mean, it's mostly to school, so it doesn't really count. But Chromebooks outselling Mac OS computers. Yep. In the United States, there's a, it's a thing. They've they've got to come back to that market a little bit. Tablet stuff. <sighs> what? I mean, that would be part of whatever the update to iOS. They might try and Carplay further stuff? the stuff they've been doing yeah. with iPads and education. They had a thing not too long ago that they're better for multi-user. Yeah. For uh, education, if if they can add like proper actual multi-user support, especially to tablets, I'll be pretty excited. Yeah. Because uh, right now it's like limited in this like weird education zone. I just here's the thing: for the longest time, Apple's game was putting out a product that was complete. Mm-hmm. with an obvious omission mm-hmm. and then announcing the inclusion of the omission and making you buy the new version of the product, right? <laughs> yeah, but now... So now that is their game, right. right? But they've got a new game now, and the new game is they have a complete product and they're going to start omitting things like the headphone jack <laughs> this fall. Oh, man. Bergen, you're no longer number one on my list. <laughs> I don't know why. So anyway, to finish this point about Apple yeah. real quick, it's this is the first WWC in a long time where I can't tell you what the obvious additions to their two main platforms should be aside from Siri coming to the Mac. Well, and Siri like leveling up. Yeah, and Siri becoming open and having like yeah. those are that's the obvious thing that they're going to do. You think do. they're going to announce a speaker? No. Damn. So I, I think I don't I don't I'm, I don't think they are either. I don't but think, I think I think they have if to they get do if they do... Oh, Apple Music. That's what I think. Oh, they, they're going to clean up Apple Music, yeah. Okay. Clean up. <laughs> Burn it down and start <laughs> yeah, over. Just, but if they do the do... The Kill and Connect. I mean, like, the optimist in me thinks that if they do do a home-connected Siri device, if it's a speaker or something else, uh-huh. uh, it's going to be a one more thing. They show it on stage in a quick slide, and then it's like, see you later next year. Or like, end of the year, we're going to tell you more about it. Like they did with the Mac Pro, right? They showed it really briefly, and then it was yeah. months later that they actually I mean, formally they could it. if they if they're really working on one, they might want to try and get they can't get, do that. get it out there before Google Home. No, they can't do that. I don't think they That's care. Not, Apple doesn't care no, about no, being no, first no. either. So like, no. no, but they can't. They can't with the Mac Pro. Tiny market. Old Mac Pro had been around for four hundred years, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was literally like a walking skeleton <laughs> of a dinosaur, and it, I believe it ran on a, a Pentium chip at that time. I mean, it was like it was so <laughs> old. A Dorito. And the and the market so small that Apple had nothing to lose by saying we have a cool new product for you we're look at how sweet it is and then we're going to let that one age <laughs> not we're going to let our all-in-one computer outshine that yeah. one <laughs> uh this is true by the way i don't i don't know if listeners know this our video staff edits on imax not pros yeah, but i mean yeah, the only yeah. people that edit or prefer the pro are the people using final cut 
or yeah. whatever. Like any any Adobe house uses an iMac. Yeah. Anyhow, so but they were able to do that because they weren't cannibalizing any sales. They weren't making a promise they couldn't keep. I think if they're going to do a Siri speaker, they'll announce it in classic Apple fashion. It will be real. It will work. And, and you'll the, buy it in 10 days. And yeah. And the key, the key to that is they'll open up Siri now. Developers will be participating in it. Mm-hmm. And then right. holiday That's time. That's the, the foreshadowing. Well, they open up Siri enough so that you can actually just use it with Google stuff? No. no. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing that I want. Like, I, I've got Siri on my watch, and I've sidebar, the thing that actually bugs me the most about intelligent assistance is crappy microphones. That's, like, I'm getting more and more convinced that's the reason Alexa is so great, is that it just, it straight up has good microphones. Because it, when the watch or your phone on either Google or Apple actually hears you, it's, like, fine. It has good microphones that are always listening to. The, right. the problem is that the, the the phone or the watch have to spool up, and like that's the problem because you're not going to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, I just they're gonna the speaker is a splashy product for holiday. Yeah. If they do a speaker this year, just yeah. like I'm pretty sure they'll do new Macs for back to school because that's the obvious time to to do new Macs, and they'll do an iPhone in September because that's when they the do. Lord hath decreed <laughs> that an iPhone shall arrive in September. Okay. Remember when it used to be in the summer? Yeah, that was, that was really a weird. wild, wild time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's just my take. It's they're gonna do a bunch of software stuff. They're in a moment, for better or worse, they're in a moment. And we we've talked about that. We, you know, there's the there's Google I/O, there's Microsoft Build, there's the Facebook thing. They're in a moment when everyone else has gone first and said, "Here's our ten year vision." And mostly what they were saying is the iPhone one. We understand the iPhone. That's great. It's over there. Apple's doing great with the iPhone. Here's our vision for what's next: ambient beyond, computing beyond around yeah. you with artificial intelligence but apple's game is not to declare a grand vision right they're like here's our next product this is like this this next product is the vision this lap this Uh, is the future of laptops this is the future of that but they don't they don't do what zuckerberg or google did where they like here's our 10-year plan yeah right like i mean to be clear steve jobs would get on stage and say today apple reinvents the phone but they do it with like a thing i'm saving the magazine industry with the ipad <laughs> tim cook did it with the watch i mean the watch event was as much a statement of where apple thought the next 10 years would go as anything they eh. built a spaceship and filled it with celebrities yeah <laughs> they sent a supermodel running through africa to prove that heart rate tracking was valuable to you on a smartwatch this is a true thing that they did <laughs> yeah i know i'm just it was very weird yeah bono was there He's, he's always there. I, I don't know why I said that. He's he's omnipresent. He's, always, he's just there. He's in your iTunes. I, I just he's on your computer. But they don't do like Apple doesn't do like Kitchen of the Future like Microsoft did at CES every year, right? <laughs> no, it's true. Okay. They, they do have a very different style. I just think in this moment, when everyone else is talking for better or worse about chatbots that don't work so great and AI that isn't ready, they're not they're not being expansive. Right. This is an opportunity for the, them to be expansive. I hope they take it. I just hope they're exciting. I'm very nervous that this is going to be a very dry WWDC. Or it's going to be action-packed because they rolled out the big news first. I guess. Why roll like, out the big news first if you're not jam-packed in the keynote? I guess. I mean, yeah, that could be it. But it's, it's also jam-packed because they have, what, an hour or an hour and a half to do this keynote. they got to cover they all got, their like, platforms. they got like seven different platforms yeah. to cover. So they got to talk about all of them. they got to talk about how great they are and how great, how many stores are opening and like how many, you know, humanitarian and environmental things they're doing so that all takes up time so okay. i don't know Here's i just a, i just want excite me apple we'll see and then you know dieter and i are going to be there lauren yep. it'll be there yep. walt, walt will, be, will there. be there walt's live logging that's my favorite thing in the world <laughs> it, it'll be a whole thing also the same day again is microsoft's e3 event sony's e3 event it's monday's monday's gonna be 
bonkers. Here's here's what I want you to do, dear listener. Take it's Monday a, off. Take Monday off. If you're you're not in school, I hope. If you're not in school and you don't work for The Verge, take the day off. Yeah, if you work for The Verge. You, you must work on Monday. <laughs> you, if you, yeah, yeah. you got to be here. Everybody else, take the day off and read The Verge. Uh, okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read this ad for Eero. We're going to have a little Paul Gadget moment. Yeah. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Lenovo. We're going to talk about Nest and Google. Then we're going to do some There's other so stuff. There's a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more to talk about. Our homes are coming online. There's speakers, thermostats, light bulbs, front door locks, security cameras, washers, dryers, and everything in between. They're alive. Increasingly, services like Netflix, Hulu, and Spotify are where we turn for home entertainment. Wi-Fi, the foundation of it all. And it's probable that your Wi-Fi router uh, sucks. Imagine if electricity didn't reach a certain part of the house or was intermittent in others. That'd be ridiculous. But it, it is the status quo for Wi-Fi. There's dead zones. There's buffering. It's afflicting far too many of us. We've become used to it. Accepted bad Wi-Fi is... Right, just the way things are. But Eero was designed to change all this. The company manufactures a single device, a small, elegant box about the size of an Apple TV. And with the help of their app, you put Eeros throughout your home. The first one replaces your existing router and is Ethernet wired to your cable or DSL. The additional Eeros just need power for an outlet. They mesh network together and they blanket your home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. If you ever try to give your, your router a boost with a range extender, then you've experienced true disappointment. That's because extenders can only stretch your signal a single hop. You can't connect multiple in row like you can with Eero. Extenders often cut your bandwidth in half because they rely on a single wireless radio. But in contrast, each Eero has two radios, both of which communicate with your devices and sync with the other Eero, so your connection is always fast. Range extenders also require an entirely separate SSID, so you find yourself having to continually switch from one network to another. This is true. This is how my parents' house is wired and it sucks. But Eero operates on a single network name throughout your entire home. It's just one network. So after all of that, what I encourage you to do uh, is buy an Eero. Just buy one. See, this is uh, why we're not For free live. overnight shipping, visit Eero.com slash Verge. Oh, That's E-E-R-O.com slash Verge. So here's what I want you to do. Shut your mouth and buy an Eero. <laughs> Stop complaining about your Wi-Fi. Get it done. You get free overnight shipping. Go to Eero.com slash Verge. At checkout, select free overnight shipping, and then enter Verge, and then it's free. The shipping, the Eero still costs you money. But then it'll be at your house the next day. You plug it in, throw out your old Wi-Fi wi router, and then your life will be better because of Eero. That's it. Eero.com slash Verge. Paul is here. Hello. Paul Miller. Hey. How's it going, man? Good. How I'm, are you? I'm, I'm great. You're here now. It's going to be a thing. I hear you mm -hmm. uh, you're renaming your segment this week. Yeah, this week it's called Gadget Surprise. Ooh. <laughs> we're we're is ready. It, is it, does it have whipped cream on it? All right. So as Probably. you know, mm -hmm. oh my god, it's like That's a it's like cool. a casserole. Maybe there's, is there corn in it? Because I hate corn in casseroles. Also, it's slightly no boozy. spoilers. Yeah. No spoil. No spoilers. All right, Paul. Paul, as you may yeah. know, is the editor of our Circuit Breaker Gadget blog. One of my favorite bits of The Verge. Paul. Yeah. Tell us about your surprise. This week we have an iPhone case that runs Android, <laughs> and it turns your iPhone into an Android phone. But not just any old Android phone. A slow Android phone, <laughs> a really slow, bad Android phone. But these are um, among your favorite circuit breaker items, aren't they? Yeah. Well, so there's kind of a larger story here. We might have like a greatest hacker alive situation <laughs> because this is done by this guy named Nick Lee, who is also the person who put Windows 95 on an Apple Watch. Ooh. Ooh. Putting things and where they don't belong. Dude just loves slow computers. But what can he do context? with an HEC HD2? 
Well, <laughs> wait, the HTC HT2 we used to run like literally every yeah, operating exactly. system. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. I want to see watchOS running on an HD2. You don't want to see watchOS right. running anywhere. Right. We'll, Windows we'll 95 and the Apple Watch legitimately more useful than watchOS. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. We'll call, we'll call him on his Android and iOS phone and uh, make some requests. But anyways, yeah. So this he 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 got a a, a reference board that runs Android. He wrote a bunch of custom software. This is what he's not just plugging stuff together. Like he he's he's really doing some custom work here. He wrote a bunch of custom software that basically s streams the screen over USB, uh, over the Lightning plug to the iPhone. So you run an iPhone app, and then you see what is on Android, and you send your touch events. And yes, it's slow and bad and useless. But also, you get it whole HDMI jack because Android has that and it's not even the biggest case ever. <laughs> it's pretty I've big, man. Seen... Isn't it like yeah, 3D but printed? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's about the size of like a big battery pack. Yeah. So but out the, it, the it destroys said, your battery Paul instead said, yeah, of helps your battery. Paul, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Greatest hacker alive situation. That's what I want to get into. Right. Who was the previous greatest hacker alive? Steve Wozniak. Ben Heck. Oh, yeah, I was going to go Ben Heck. Oh, I went man. to Ben Heck's house in Madison years ago. I haven't heard of um, name in years. Well, and there's also G Geohot. But Geohot went mainstream. Yeah, he was super mainstream. He took that VC money. He's driving <laughs> Lexuses around with no hands. Um, Geohot, uh, George Hotz, is the CEO of Kama.ai, the self-driving car company. They're going to mm -hmm. sell you a kit for $1,000. It makes your car sell driving. We did a video with it. Yeah. Watch it. Michael Zanko did it this week. Was it this week? Action-packed week at the Verge. Yeah. So, Paul. I've, uh, been, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I think it, he's actually doing, like, a great I, – I, I doubt it's going to be the best self-driving car. Maybe not even the top ten. But I love that, that Geoha is is – it's giving i don't know if you buy a car you should be able to hack it and and put irresponsible software on it just like the manufacturer does that's true <laughs> how many there's like two different car stories where an ota update bricked cars this week right or is that lexus was, had a problem was it lexus twice yeah anyway lexus lexus has got bricked so why not use geohots software right. to control your lexus right. i'm with you i can't wait to hack my car yeah my because you're just tired right of, of punching it. <laughs> I, I, I did punch it to fix it. It's at the shop right now. It's getting a whole thing replaced. It's a whole thing. So, Paul, are you going to stick around? Because I want to talk to you. I want you around for this next piece of news, which is really interesting to me. And this is why I want to talk about Nest and Google and Lenovo all in the same breath. Here's my theory okay. right now. Google bought Motorola yeah. for a variety of reasons, patents, scaring Samsung, what have you. But they bought a hardware company, blew it, just like utterly blew it with that hardware company. Lost something like $12 million, $12 uh, billion. Dollars, like kept a bunch of patents, did in fact scare Samsung into something with TouchWiz, de-Samsunging de TouchWiz yeah. a little bit. Sold Motorola to Lenovo. Mm -hmm. Motorola no longer exists. It's now well, just like a Moto. label that's being glued they, they, on the Lenovo. They held phones. on to the interesting part of Motorola and sold the rest to Lenovo. So they, the they held actual on to part, the, the patents. They held on to ATAP too. ATAP, that's what we're Yeah, but Regina's gone, right? Yeah, so yeah, even the person too. who was there to make interesting hardware like, took off. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that Google. And so Lenovo put out new Moto phones. Dan, you want to talk about those real fast? Yeah, so it's a Moto Z Droid Edition and Moto Z Force Droid Edition. Uh, Force Droid? Moto Z Force, comma, Droid Edition, because they are launching as Verizon exclusives this summer. 
So nothing like only, a carrier exclusive. No, nothing like a carrier exclusive to bring you back to 2011. Uh, Wait, is it actually called Moto Z Droid Edition? Yeah, of we're back. We of are back in the world of like, phones that have like of 50 words in their name. That. Yeah, it's just Moto un- Z it's un- Force. It's unfortunately Droid Edition. Four G Touch. Four G LTE. Come on. <laughs> But, uh, Do you remember when everything was 4G touch? Like, yeah. That was just a terrible time in our lives. <laughs> We're like, that's acceptable. Just put the word touch in the name of every name. Just to, at the end of every name. Uh, so the, the pitch with these phones is that they uh, have these attachable accessories that snap to the back through magnets, and they con- con- uh, communicate with the phone itself through these pogo pins. So you can add a battery, or you can add an external speaker, you can add a projector, you can add whatever else they think of. Yeah. The uh, phones themselves are wildly thin with a big camera the one and terrible yeah. battery life, right? Yeah. The Moto Z droid edition uh 4g touch is 5.2 millimeters thick so it's uh-huh. crazy thin has a giant camera bump because it is so thin and it also lacks a headphone jack uh so you have to use the, the it comes does the droid edition have a headphone jack? i don't think i don't yeah. think the force has a headphone jack either force, yeah. um, which is thicker has a bit bigger battery faster processor stuff like that but yeah so that's the story with them they are they are smartphones with things that snap to the back of them and, I'm into and the Lenovo, to the back. Lenovo legitimately thinks this is a huge innovation, and this is the next wave of smartphones, and I think they are insane. Well, it's better but, than the LG G5. Yeah. It's a better execution on a similar idea, but it's also much simpler. And it's also like the whole thing that makes modules work is when there's a whole ecosystem of modules being built, and you can get whatever you want, and it, and it works. What company is going to buy or build hardware modules for a phone that is definitely not going to sell exactly and yeah that like two verizon customers you know why they're not going to buy it no fucking headphone jack and it doesn't have a headphone jack (laughs) maybe wait no this is the move you build a module that adds a headphone jack oh think about it (laughs) yeah i mean i use bluetooth headphones you know my favorite part of it is the phone itself charges over USB-C, but the modules charge over yeah, micro USB, which is the bonkers so, thing. So, I'm, do you I, like adapters? <laughs> do you like phones with cumbersome names? This comes with in the box. <laughs> what, uh, what? I will wait, say wait, that wait, they're, they're, they're very different from Ara in that Ara is like actual components, like camera modules and like other like hardware type of components that are interchangeable. These are like accessories that snap to the back, and it's a much simpler like, idea. Like peripherals, peripherals, right? That's, so, so, like I, instead of a Bluetooth speaker, you just slap a more powerful speaker on the back of it. Everyone loves that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My thought here is, what if someone went in the opposite direction and instead of a headphone jack, they put two USB-C plugs? <laughs> because all of these things are just they're just peripherals. Like you could just get like a battery bank and just plug it in over USB-C, but keep another plug free for headphones or other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, what you if know you what I mean? added the headphone jack that you actually want on a <laughs> I so here Look, this happened uh, last year, right? There's a rumor Apple's going to build a smartwatch. Everyone rushes out smartwatches, for better or worse. Yes. That happened. A few years ago, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess a few years ago. Samsung has since released 14 smartwatches. They've released two more today. <laughs> you didn't even know that. The Gear Touch 4G came out today. Uh, whatever. Uh, now there's a rumor Apple's going to cut the headphone jack and do lightning headphones. Everyone's like... We'll make the same mistake as well. <laughs> but it, first. <laughs> it's just, I don't get it. I, there's so, nothing about that idea that is I just friendly there's... to the user. Look, I, here's what I'll say. I have been on a personal mission to kill IR blasters. It is the, it is the animating force of my career. Yeah. 
is for us as a species. They came back for one generation of phones, and then they went away again. To stop communicating in infrared <laughs> with technology. That is not how we should do it. We should not send pulses of infrared light to televisions to change the channel. I can't win. It's so, so demoralizing. I just, I just feel but, like there's so many other the reason issues with I these can't. phones before you get to the fact that they don't have a headphone No, no, no. It's no. really but funny. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's light, laser focused. The phones on the, are fine. They, the phones, they yeah. got the specs that are, the specs sure. are fine. Dude, like will literally every, every buy other. any Motorola phone. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. He's just going to do it. I mean, they're like every other Android phone in terms of specs that you can buy right now. All except they're locked the reason, Verizon. And, the, the reason I can't win the IR Blaster War is because the massive ecosystem of devices in the world that people have that they rely on needs IR to communicate because uh-huh. that's how the economy works. Taking the headphone jack away is a futile attempt to bypass the fact that headphones are a pretty good idea that most people like a lot. And the idea that you're going to reinvent how headphones work, how plugging stuff in to make audio go from one place to the other with proprietary new, DACs it's, it's embedded It's 5.2 millimeters thick. No, it's not. Have you seen the use Bluetooth? Use Bluetooth case. Use Bluetooth. Yeah, I don't want to drain my battery and plug in another thing. All this is stupid. The the future of headphones is definitely wireless, and like any anything else until then, headphones on your head. As soon as as Intel finally releases that, these are not the ones that I would. As soon as Intel releases that charging bowl. The bowl. The charging bowl showed four times at CES. Right. Just drop your drop your stuff into the bowl. That's a great idea. Yeah. But that. I, I still Paul, feel like Paul, the future is wireless. Anything else is a stopgap, and there is growing and teething pains until we get to full wireless. Dan, we're going to have those teething pains for the next 50 years. Yes, yes, yeah, we will. Hmm. No. Okay, so Dan, I think you're wrong for a variety of reasons. Paul, I count on you to be uh, also disagree with me. <laughs> Why are you wrong? Well, I, I guess I'll just disagree with you on principle. Um, I like it when Apple gets rid of plugs that people used to like, because it just, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of there's like a lot of hijinks. It's an opportunity for like everybody to like go back to the sketch pad and come up with like a new weird peripherals. And but headphones? Um, well, so headphones already, you know, like if you want to have, you know, audio and a mic, there's already like some weirdness like like think about the the volume button and the uh, the clicker and the mic. Like there's some incompatibilities between plugging into an iPhone, plugging into Android and plugging into like a a gaming PC or something like that. You know, a lot of like USB uh, or a lot of gaming headsets come with like a USB plug. I mean, there, there is already a lot of weirdness in the headphone land. If we want headphones with more features, with built in amplifiers, with, you know, that need power for some reason, maybe have 3D sound. I don't know, like do newer, better, interesting things with headphones. You need more than that eighth inch jack. I get what you're saying, right? It's like squeezing the balloon, right? You 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 take away the thing that everybody relies on. They have to invent stuff. All the mm-hmm. innovation goes over there. But all the things that you just described, you could just do with the existing lightning port and then not give the bird to your users by taking away the thing that they rely on. I mean... Yeah, you can say that that this your argument makes total sense for the iPhone because people actually buy iPhones. People okay. actually buy Android phones. No, 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 no. Android outsells iPhone uh, worldwide. People buy Android phones, but you know what? There's a lot of Android phones that still have a headphone jack and yeah. came out this year with a headphone jack. Nobody's going to buy these Moto Z phones. Who cares? Except for the people. There, it's so some sad. People by who the go way. to Verizon, they're like, I want a Droid. 
And they like <laughs> they go droid. Yeah. It's like the one <laughs> their phone is blowing up with notifications. The one dude is just like, you remember those robot ads? So what's so crazy? Where to the me? robots murdered people? Uh, do you remember how much we loved the I Moto loved X? Those. Both both things. They yeah. like they, they they just felt like friendly. They felt like they were pe- they were personable. They like yeah. yeah you know they, I, I just feel like you look at these devices and they're they're well made and they've got nice materials, but it just looks like Lenovo's design department just went ahead and like steamrolled all of like that's why it's so thin and that's why it's so thin so i mean like they the fronts are funky looking they're like weirdly unnecessarily thin the backs the the best part about getting rid of the headphone jack by the way is that that will be yet another uh level of incompatibility between iphone and android users because android will end up using usb-c and iphone will use a or lightning everyone port. will go wireless because bluetooth has no incompatibility issue you know like paul was mentioning the remote doesn't work on your ios headphones when you plug into android bluetooth works the same on both of them yeah you know where bluetooth doesn't work when your battery is dead yeah <laughs> when you're stupid headphones that you have to I'm just, look there's you still have to go into like a menu and do pairing and stuff yeah but once, like, it, yeah, once yeah. it's done it's done this definitely cuts down on sharing like I I hang out with people who have Android phones and iPhones you know I'm really open in that way <laughs> <laughs> and you're such an accepting person because <laughs> this is real power play when it's oh you need an Android charger sorry I only got lightning yeah yeah Wow, that's very I mean, elitist. You can, my, you can use my brick if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Do you bring your own cable? So explain to me again the connection to Nest. Oh, so here, the, here's the, the thing. The, so, never got there. <laughs> Google keeps buying hardware companies, and, fucking them up, yeah. and ruining them mm. over and over and over again. Motorola, maybe not a great hardware company at that time, but They're they, right. they were fine. Yeah. Google bought them. We were like, yeah, that was stupid, and Actually, then flipped it, and now Motorola's done. I don't think Motorola would have lasted as long as it did if Google didn't buy it. Great. Yeah, that's they fine. Were, they were dying. But so here's the here's the actual question. Google bought about Nest. Google bought terrible Nest. Terrible decision. But did Google blow yeah. Nest up or did Alphabet blow yeah. Nest up? Or okay, so let's, would let's Nest do have imploded itself had Google never involved? I don't no, think I don't, I don't think Nest would so. have imploded itself. So Nest, uh, if you've been watching the news on Friday, Nest said CEO Tony Fidel is out. There's a new guy, coincidentally, oh. the guy who was the CEO of Motorola Home under Google. Yep. Who executed a bunch of layoffs and sold it that guy now the ceo of nest inside of the alphabet structure literally everyone in the world called me over the past two days and yelled at me about things which was really interesting just sifting through all the conflicting information and like coming out with what might be the truth was like a fun process (laughs) the story i heard is nest was basically fine as an independent company they actually had additional funding lined up to grow silicon valley vcs were very excited that was tony and a bunch of ex-apple people Google wanted to bring in basically Apple's DNA into a hardware group. Tony and his co-founder Matt were totally entranced with the idea of using Google's money, Google's resources, Google's reach to accelerate their plan. They got bought by Google. They were whatever, somewhat happy Google. Google restructured itself into Alphabet. Nest was pulled out of Google, made it into its own company under a division of Alphabet known so lovingly yeah. as other bets. So yeah. is it fair? To, I mean, like the but question so, is but how, like how in that they time, were, before they were under yeah. Alphabet, how much was were they actually integrated into Google? Open question. Yeah, right. right. Nobody knows. Well, but, and also like if we're talking about Google failing, like it's also an open question of you know the the general consensus is that uh, if you say this, uh, Nest will call you and yell at you about how many new products they released. Yeah, but, but they what actually happened enough. was they they bought Dropcam and they like they revved a couple of products and that was it. Yeah. Any yeah, so they haven't their roadmap got all messed up, who knows. And now 
Fidel's out, he might be a huge jerk. That's the reports. Or he might just be the kind of person you need to run a hardware company. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, literally conflicting reports left and right. My point is, let's hope Nest gets back on track. They say there's going to be a new product in a few weeks. Like, Hopefully, Nest keeps working. But that bet inside of Google clearly didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But it was the, that was their first. Motorola was their first attempt to have their own hardware division, kicked it to the curb. Yeah. Now they're making dumb phones. Well, no headphone speaking jacks. of uh, Motorola executives who make hardware at Google... There's, yeah, and they there's brought Marwan back the and they also brought back uh, Rick Osterloh to run yep. the Google's hardware division, which, by the way, is separate from Nest. Like yeah. Google's got this whole thing where you know every we, other piece of hardware. we run hardware yeah. that like all hardware Chromecast, comes through here. Google Chrome, Nexus division, the Nexus TV, the Pixels. barnstormer of a product <laughs> that they have. Um, Trumbo Pixel is very good though. Anyhow, but Rick Osterloh, ex CEO or ex Motorola president, yep. yes, runs that. Yeah. My point is, the Nest story aside, that's a deep, weird, crazy story, um, but Motorola, or Google has now bought two different hardware companies and managed them into or around disasters, mm-hmm. and now they have their own internal hardware unit, and I just, I don't know what they're doing. Like, that, that's, I want Google to make hardware, right? I think it would be good for them to do, yeah. but then I look at the Pixel C, and it's like, why did you make this? There are so Who's many. Who's responsible for that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you the Nexus TV, so the I'm, Nexus Player. I'm optimistic that Google's main hardware division, now that it's all collected together and it's run by one person, but like ostensibly one team, you know, they'll be able to figure out and not make those Pixel C mistakes. Well, but, but so, as far as Nest mm, goes, like, oh, but it, like the success of that hardware depends not just on the success of like, can you make good hardware? Not only do they have to make good hardware, they also have to get enough support from the rest of Google to actually sell the damn thing. So Google Home will be fine, right? Uh, Chromecast is doing fine. Aura is a huge open question. How much effort are they going to put behind actually making Aura a real thing that like people buy in mass? Are they going to give it to carrier partners, or is it going to be like a thing you buy in the Google Store randomly? Like it's it's a big question and. Sure, they've got plenty of money and plenty of runway to do whatever the hell they want and start small and experiment or whatever. But, you know, it's not like Nest was going to run out of money, right? Yeah, they were fine. Having enough money to, like, experiment is not the only thing that's going to keep you going. You actually have to, like, have wins and have, like, public sentiment, like, on your side and, like, build the brand. Which Nest had before they got bought by Google. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's just a very confusing... I, I, it sounds like Google's going to get more serious about hardware this year. But I just look at the Motorola thing and I look at the Nest thing and I'm like, you something something about how you've tried this before. And maybe the so, answer is don't buy a company for a couple billion dollars. Or don't set up those walls between the companies like they did. You know, the story yeah. that the Motorola Google doesn't have was like walls. Had, had, it has like competing Montessoris. <laughs> <laughs> right? it, well, that's it, what the hardware division is designed to fix. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's that's like, the point. Like, that's the point. Like, collecting the hardware division together, have it run on one team who, one person who like aliases with the other parts of Google and he's up high enough in the ranks. That's, none of that sounds googly. You can't do that shit while you're driving a team <laughs> bike to never mind. or I'm while just, your ceo is trying jokes. to make a flying car down the road well <laughs> yeah we haven't even talked about that oh my god i i just feel like google doesn't have a middle ground between hobbies and like world changers and, and they haven't like, had a hardware world changer except maybe the chromecast right and and the thing is is most hardware isn't a world change. Lenovo under you know Lenovo bought a ThinkPad from or the whole computer division from IBM a long time ago, and Lenovo wasn't like finally we're going to take over all PC manufacturing and we're going to change the face of PCs. And they're like, no, we want to have 
one of the best or the best business focused laptops. So we're going to buy this brand. And I don't know specifically what they wanted from Moto, but they're making phones and that's probably what they, Lenovo wants to do is well, let's sell some phones and <laughs> to Android <laughs> customers. You know, Google has bigger ideas. Like what if, what if we controlled everybody's homes? Maybe <laughs> Nest is our wedge into controlling everybody's homes. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think they bought Nest not to build thermostats. I think they bought Nest to have a great hardware division. Yeah, it was a yeah. talent buy, right? It, yeah. was, it was to get Matt. It was to get Tony. It was to get their hardware Sixty percent of Nest employees at and the they time lost them all. that Google bought it. Sixty percent were ex Apple employees, yeah. right? They were, and I think those cultures were just not compatible. Right, right. You bring in the top-down, secret, hard-driving Apple perfectionist, one product at a time culture into a company like Google that's like. Here's a bad idea. Let's ship 40 versions of it and see if it works. Like, and then kill it. See a Google reader. You know, like, I, I don't think that those things were compatible at all. And I, I think if they want to build a hardware business it's, that makes it a great product, they've got to do a lot more work. Paul, any, any final closing thoughts before we... No, I think that was really well put, Eli. Thanks, man. I, I hope that our listeners who put their stupid wireless headphones are enjoyed... Sorry, I'm so mad. Maybe. Maybe. Casper is a sleep brand <laughs> that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. It actually has a headphone jack, which I thought was very surprising, <laughs> eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house as a sleek design and is delivered in a small, how do they do that, size box. They folded it. That's the answer. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. I know people really like those pillows, by the way. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing Casper. It combines springy latex and supportive memory phones for a sleep surface that's got just the right amount of sync and just the right amount of bounce. That definitely sounds like a rap lyric. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Another Sean Paul lyric uh, <laughs> just slid into this Casper ad. Mattresses often cost over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost just $500 for a twin-size mattress, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full watch it. Watch it, Seifert. Eight fifty for a queen, nine fifty for a king. Buying Casper mattress completely risk free. They deliver it free. If you hate it, you can return it free after a hundred nights, which is insane. It's a lot of sleeping. It's a lot of nights. If you don't love it, they'll just pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you spend a third of your life on it, just fast asleep. So get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com/verge and using offer code surprise verge. Terms and conditions, I must warn you, apply. But I urge you to go to that URL, slash Verge, type in Verge, get a mattress, 100 nights, risk-free. Casperstuff.com. Casper.com. You know what time it is? Is it time for Science Corner? It's, it's time for Lauren to start grushing it. <laughs> All right. Bring, bring in the grush. I, I'm just going to call this segment Science Corner. I like it. Are you into it? I'm into it. There are no corners in space. Mm. Are there? Is a black hole is a black hole a space corner? Look, Lauren is here after what I think was one of the worst introductions in the history <laughs> of the Vergecast. But I want to talk to Lauren about a bunch of stuff. So this is a little meta, but I'm gonna say this. Lauren and one of our video directors, Miriam, made a video about the New Horizons Pluto flyby. We have never had a video be as warmly received on YouTube. It was like 7,000 likes, zero dislikes. Yeah, it was a little unnerving because I was like, <laughs> is this a prank? Like, are people going to like There's turn like around a... all of a sudden and just kind of destroy us? But no, everyone was very receptive Pe of it. And... Because it's a thing. 
So, because they flew by Pluto and they, you explained it. It did actually happen, yes. So, tell me what happened there. <laughs> well, okay, we're basically, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the Pluto flyby, which happened last July. And that kind of dominated my first month here at The Verge. <laughs> yeah, so we had the great opportunity to sit down with Alan Stern, who is the project investigator for the New Horizons or the principal investigator for the New Horizons mission. Can, and, I, can I interrupt you? Yes. I'm sorry. Why that title? Because it's pretty awesome. Like he's like <laughs> he's, he's like a, he's like a buddy cop. He's a principal <laughs> investigator. Principal investigator. There's a secondary. He's hard bitten. Anyway, uh, that's a really good question. And one right. I don't know the answer to. One anyway. to ask Stern when <laughs> when he comes back. He was very nice. Anyway, so we kind of went through uh, how the New Horizons mission came about. You know, there there was kind of like a struggle to actually make it happen. And then he talked about just kind of all the crazy logistics of how it needed to be pulled off because they, you know, when it comes to NASA missions, it's a constant um, battle between budget and how much you can actually put on the rocket and, you know, you need it to go a certain speed. So they opted for a, a larger like data storing memory bank, but a less uh, powerful communication system, which is kind of why we've, we're still getting uh, New Horizons data to this day is because they stored all of this stuff right away. And then it's like, oh, but I can only call you every week to give you like five seconds of <laughs> that information, you know. So that, that was neat to hear about. And also just kind of like the crazy cross solar system trek that it had to go through. I mean, it took nine years for it to get there and it had to go through this one small window of space in order for it to work. So it, it's just, it was neat to hear how all of that worked out and also the emotions behind it. Because, you know, when we talk about space, we don't always think of the people behind space, you know, and there's a lot of work that go into these missions and it was, it's really neat to see them get so excited about it. And so it was, I was asking him, you know, like, what did he feel like when that thing actually flew by and we knew that it happened? And he said it was just like so emotional and everybody was so sleep deprived, but so excited. And it was just a crazy time, a, a crazy summer for them. So it was neat to kind of rehash all that. Yeah. You know, a year later. I got to say this, it, it, just the, the response to the video was like, sh I was like, <laughs> we should have to learn about it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I want to do some newsy stuff with you too. So last week, and we talked about this in the broadcast last week, but mm. it turns out we don't know anything about space and you are a space expert. So I want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos was on stage of code. This is basically a very simple question. Jeff Bezos was like, the plan B for Earth should be plan A because Earth is the best planet. Elon Musk was like, I need to colonize Mars because this planet is garbage. Right. But also Elon was kind of like, I never said we needed a plan B. I think Jeff kind of like misconstrued what Elon yeah. said. I think they do that to each other on purpose. Yeah. But, yeah. but the point is you had the, the two big sort of space billionaires who are space as a hobby kind of folks <laughs> uh, talking about their vision for space exploration, why they're right. doing it. There are many similarities, many differences. What did, what did you take away from those two? First of all, I took away... Well, I'm really glad that you asked your question that you did to Elon because he, the biggest thing. I asked thing, him why he was always late. Why basically. he's always late. And in that same talk, he, he said something that he's hinted at before. It's that he thinks that he can get people to Mars as early as 2025. Yeah. And I just think that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentioned that he was like, I never put out a deadline that I think is wrong. Or something. He's he was like it's, it may be delusional, but I always think I can adhere to it. But I'm just wondering if he's got some like secret 
thing up his sleeve that he hasn't told us yet because he hasn't told us oh what it... it's like it's like contact or um, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna unveil uh, one of those huge yeah, yeah. like spinning circle teleporters yeah, yeah. Look, or, or, or like learned... martian there's like oh there's like always a se- extra secret rocket in asia in China. ready to go yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, contact actually, was japan was, yeah always it's always asia yeah but what i've learned from most science fiction movies is that giant spinning circles have an enormous powers yeah <laughs> they can do almost anything you build a big enough circle and set it spinning you can go anywhere anything, in the universe anything yeah. can happen but you think so you think that's yeah. preposterous and and for a few reasons and one of my other um my friends who wrote a, a space reporter who wrote about this talked um miriam kramer she was making the point of like they haven't even launched people yet you know yeah. <laughs> and and that comes with a whole other set of risks and i think if we want to get back into, you know, it's also my getting close to my one year anniversary at the verge. And when I first came here, I wrote that really great article about why we should stop saying space is hard. And one of the things I mentioned in there is she says really great because, uh, literally all of Twitter decided Lauren should die. Yeah. Well, it was like her first day here. I think people saw it as a slight on SpaceX when it really wasn't, but that excuse is not going to fly if you have people on board, right? you know, and you have a mistake and so there's going to be a lot of more uh, scrutiny around what SpaceX does when it starts launching people, which is happening sometime next year, probably late next year. Um, and that's just a whole other ball game in terms mm-hmm. of space travel. Um, I'm not saying they can't do it, but I think they're just going to learn very quickly that there's a lot more that they're going to have to do in order to trans people, transport people, not just to lo- first to lower Earth orbit and then even further. And a lot of the things people don't talk about when it comes to traveling to Mars is just the sheer amount of things that still need to be done in order to get there. You know, galactic radiation, huge thing. Unless, And this is why I'm not criticizing too much on what Musk is saying just yet, because he hasn't unveiled his architecture for colonizing Mars, which he's supposed to do in September. But he did say that he believes Mars should be a direct democracy. <laughs> I mean, he's in his mind, he's already there. He's like, I'll build a he's, computer yeah. voting system. And then all the people will go home at night and will run the government. I mean, like, yeah, he would. I mean, I think the man just smokes an enormous amount of weed. <laughs> like, why else do you need a self-driving car? It's to get fucking blazed on the way home. I, yeah. The Elon Musk story. I, I mean, he does do what he says he's going to do. Right. But just later, just later than he says he's going to do it. Yeah. And right. I, maybe there is something to that strategy of like setting these kind of insane goals for yourself. You don't actually meet them when you say you're going to, but he has done them so far, or at least mo- some of them, most of them. So, yeah. so, but there's the two visions there. So Elon's like, I'm building the rockets. We're already ahead. We're delivering stuff. We're putting satellites into orbit. We're landing the rocket. Bezos is like, I'm building a roller coaster, right? I mean, that's the Blue Origin goal is to take you up there. You can look around and it'll come back down. Yeah. Right. There's no other goal there that they really out. What about what about uh, the Earth will be zoned for light industrial and residential? But, oh, but right. But there, that's like the vision. Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing he's building takes you up and brings you down. Yeah. But the, he he they are working on an orbital launcher right now. Mm-hmm. But to say that Bezos and I would say Bezos is definitely the front runner in terms of right suborbital space tourism, which is a, a whole section of the industry. I mean, that's what Virgin Galactic was doing. But Blue Origin has like 
greatly pulled ahead in my opinion however i don't see him on a level playing field with spacex at all because right. that is like that's another ball game is so, spacex just far and away the winner right now like are they just ahead of everyone yeah it's in its own league in terms of the private spaceflight industry we've got orbital atk who also does orbital launches for nasa but in terms of like the sheer ambition and the tools to pull that off SpaceX is I would say are they ahead of government space programs that's I mean isn't that the real question like the the what I heard both Bezos and Musk say was the rate of innovation in this industry is zero we've got to pump in private dollars to get to a place where we're actually going to achieve anything I think that it's just a different type of like a different type of way of doing space flight and and they're ahead in some ways and they're behind in others so NASA has a much longer history of launching people like they actually know how to launch people and SpaceX will soon but NASA's got you know a lot of experience under its belt they know how to do certain things but they are dictated by politics and that is constantly changing their direction or you know keeping them in a weird stasis SpaceX doesn't have to worry about that they're clearly they Elon can do whatever he wants you <laughs> know how? as long as he has the money for it so um yeah I mean I think it's just a different type of paradigm, really. Lauren's going to blog the rocket launch live in front of us, but pre-recorded for you in your car. So just put your mind in that zone. We're going to talk about E3 real fast. Yeah. Uh, E3 Monday. Yeah. Microsoft Sunday, same day. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? We'll see a bunch of games. That'll be the other thing that happens. And like, we're everybody's expecting like slightly revved consoles, which yeah. is crazy that it's happening so fast. But no, because they, well, they had to do 4K. Right. You got to get there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm saying the second that they do PS4 VR. Do you think the one they're going to announce at E3 will be able to handle VR? I'm saying if they announce a PS4 VR, I'm going to leave this office yeah. or leave WWDC, which is where we'll be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home to my apartment. I'm going to pick up my Xbox One. I'm going to throw it out the window and buy a PS4 VR. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm over the Xbox One. My Xbox One, uh, I have to like open the cabinet when I launch it now because it gets, it gets too so hot. hot. Yeah. Microsoft can, I, I don't think a new hardware generation for Microsoft is going to change the basic narrative of what's going on with the Xbox, which is that it hasn't done as well as PS4. Right. I, I just think it's going to change the basic narrative. I think yeah. having a nicer Xbox One is fine, but to me, the PS4 is a, okay. I just think PS4 is like in a better spot. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 the Xbox One has been in a terrible spot wait, basically wait, wait. since the launch. Lauren, did the rocket launch get scrubbed? It did, unfortunately. Does, that mean, you can, does that mean we can screw this E3 talk and talk about Game of Thrones for five seconds? A hundred percent, yeah. So Lauren, I think, might be the hardest core Game of Thrones fan at The Verge. Yeah. I She's, mean, Caitlin Tiffany rivals me pretty well, but... You just got a thousand-yard predator stare at your face. She's like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her down. There's been a lot of threats on this show already, so just go with it. <laughs> Tell me, there's three episodes left. Where, where's it going? What's happening? I just mean, fast. well, I am just in uh, the dark as everyone else is now because we are in uncharted territory, as Dieter knows. Because yeah, we're we're beyond we're beyond the books, uh, which is great because <laughs> the books are not great. Man, Lauren hates me so much for saying that. <laughs> I have studiously avoided the books because I am scared of bad writing. Yeah. Well, okay. there you go. It's not bad writing. It is amazing writing. Okay. Dieter doesn't like <laughs> Dieter that he has to read. Dieter is just coughing and hopping right now. Dieter doesn't like <laughs> that, writing. you know, he goes into authenticity and, and he talks about all the details of the scene. Sorry, he describes what you're looking at. 
I'm going to go and and I'm going to count how many times he describes a roast pheasant in this series. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to let's just steer and it will back. still be longer. Okay. Let's what, steer back. What yeah. I like about it though is not is not the prose per se. It's the world building that he does. So there's just it's just very complicated yeah. and it's one of those things where you can tell he's either planned something very meticulously from the start or that he's he knows so much that he can wrap things in and kind of connect characters that you just That's never great. thought. Is Targaryen ever going to make it over there? Because she <laughs> seems, what, what, what she's just like literally just like wandering around, yeah. being vaguely racist. I want to know why we bailed on Dorne. Because Dorne fucking well, sucks. Yeah. Dorne in the show is the worst. Yeah, I think it is so okay. stupid. My question is: Are the dragons going to meet the ice wizard or not? <laughs> I mean, I think at some point they have to, right? I mean, the only thing that can beat the White Walkers is fire or things made by dragons. So probably should use the dragons to beat the White Where are the White other Walkers. two dragons, by the way? They're just like hanging out so in that, the cave. So, but, they got but, freed you, and just are like chilling. You said that in like, you're like, duh. But this show steadfastly refuses. This is a show in which birds routinely carry messages right. with perfect accuracy in logistics long distances. And no one has sent a bird... To the dragon lady, well, they don't saying know how the to get ice there. wizard is coming. It's they're like they're like carrier pigeons. They only know how to get to certain castles. This is one of those moments when it's like you definitely have the world building in your head, yeah. And that could be a Game of Thrones fact, or it could not be. And I have no <laughs> ability to challenge you on it. Okay, no, you know how I'm. I'm pretty sure this is how carrier pigeons work. They, <laughs> they, Noted space expert Lauren Grush. They, they know they they. It's like you send them to one spot, and then they know how to get to that one spot, and then you, they come back to the. So right. they they know how to get between points. A mm-hmm. and B, and that's it. So, like, you have your your river run. Yeah, Raven. I got it. But yeah, there was literally a spy with Daenerys who was like reporting right. back, and they never thought to tell this that guy BT Dubs ice zombies just coming well, down. That's the, hills. the whole point. Nobody really believes in the ice zombies except for the people at the wall. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, fine. It's it's a, it's a, a point of commentary about how wall. politics distract us from the things that really matter. Which again <laughs> is reanimated corpses who can only be yeah. by fire. The, okay, so, if zombies started to <laughs> roam the U.S., do you think we'd get our shit together and actually like stop them? No, we'd yes. argue about it for a while. Uh, no, I think both candidates would angrily tweet at the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Until they it's felt a, bad and quit the race. <laughs> so my, my, my Skype dropped, so I missed the start of this conversation. But am I am I correct in assuming that Lauren's a book person? Yes, and, I, and I'm a show person. So I, I think she just like, got real mad at me. holes in a, in a show, but the show has been designed about big reveals, flashy moments, wild, right. you know, like the real visual, visceral part of Game of Thrones, which is an important part of the books too. But like Lauren's saying, like. The books, you really sit in this world, and yeah, you do get really detailed descriptions of the meals people eat, but (laughs) you... it coheres a lot better because you're so in this world and you, it's completely understandable how one person doesn't know about what what's going on somewhere else. It's it's yeah. pretty right. pretty clear. I think another thing that the show is kind of pissing me off on too is like the books are all about how consequences – like the consequences of your actions are – like what you do has ripple effects and, and they last for like – ages right but and that used to be how the show is like you had the red wedding you had um you know ned stark sorry spoiler alert get caught up by now 
I don't feel like there are any um, consequences for what people do anymore. Like this past season, I'm spoiling everything. Deal with it. The Dorn women just like killed the ruler and like they're nobody's angry about it, you know, right. or um, Euron killed Balon like in the Iron Islands and he told everybody about it yeah. and, nobody, and they made him a king. Like nobody's really like upset when like people get off anymore it's just like okay i mean this is the world we live in like people die you know like and i think that that's kind of indicative of how the show and the books are diverging is like there's no subtlety in the show it's just like death and violence and so here's my question they're they're obviously racing to this season in particular is racing really fast what are they going to do for the next two seasons because they're not, they're coming to the point where the, the thing is going to happen. Whatever the thing is, has to happen. That's going to happen next season. You think it's going to? Definitely going to happen next season. And I? then they're going to have one more season of just like. Wait, what thing? What Dragons versus zombies. Oh, right. I mean, this show comes down to dragons versus zombies, right? Yeah. I think we're agreed on that. <laughs> I think so, yeah. That, went, that happens next season, presumably. Right. But then they got one more. I think they see the end game here. It's that, you know, Theon and his sister are taking all the ships to Marine. They're going to go pick up Danny and her dragons. Because apparently they, they need her to come back here, fight the ice war, and then she wins. And, and then there's one more. So she wins. Yeah. And then there's one more season where it's just her being like, oh, And then it's all about I, her, like, tax plan. What if I wander around this country aimlessly <laughs> for a season? Because I did that a couple seasons ago and everyone loved it. Oh, a collection of people? I'm going to burn you to the ground with my dragons and then be your ruler. I'm sorry. I'm bored and over the show. <laughs> it's because it's, just, it's gotten bad. I will agree with that. The show has gotten bad. And that's The Verge Cast. <laughs> a metaphor for what's happening with our show, <laughs> Dieter the Dragon versus Paul the Zomp. That's it. Okay, there's so many other podcasts to listen to. Uh, just an endless amount of them. Mm-hmm. Control-Alt-Delete. Uh, Control-Alt-Delete. Bridge ESP. Bridge ESP with Liz and Emily. Yep. Chris Plan has What's Tech. Yep. A tightly focused, well-managed show. So if you didn't like this one, yeah. go listen to that Rico one. Decode. Rico Decode. Rico Decode. Rico Media. Rico Media, my favorite of the yep. podcast. Uh, and Sugar's Dieter's at Backlon. Lauren. Just Lauren Grush. Lauren, I, I should get Lauren a cooler Grush. name. Yeah, like, yeah I'm at Reckless. Yeah. Well, what would mine be? Rocket <laughs> Blogging. Rocket. <laughs> Rocket Blog. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to look at something. Paul, Paul is future Paul. Dan <laughs> from earlier is a DC Seifert. steals it. And that is our show. Rocket Blog is taken. They have three followers. I'm sorry. That's our show. Please just go on a social media and share it. And just please, please, please God. Please. We're going to try again next week. Goodbye. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. Paul.